Hello, and welcome to the Christ Church Cathedral Podcast. This is Walking Justly, a hymn festival for our times, recorded at the Cathedral. We hope these songs and words will speak to your heart and mind. to our hymn festival entitled Walking Justly at Christchurch Cathedral. We may not be able to gather in person, nonetheless we remain united in the spirit of Christ, whom we receive afresh in the course of the service of worship. My name is Tim Dobbin, rector of this cathedral and dean of this diocese. 
Delighted to be sharing this festival with Michael Bloss, our Director of Music, and Mark Russom, our Cantor. From wherever you are sharing in this worship, may we all seek to live deeply into the work of truth and reconciliation and respect the history, spirituality and culture of First Nations, Inuit and Métis, as well as our responsibilities as treaty people. Welcome to Christchurch Cathedral and this hymn festival. Hymns are an important and constantly responding body of word and music which God's people at worship have used over many centuries. Today's hymn festival and the commentary with it is adapted from one written and presented at a gathering of the Hymns Society in Canada and North America by hymnologist Bert Pullman held in Toronto in 1993. The structure of the commentary is of a dialogue between figures representing our religious, secular, and societal worlds, a narrator, a priest, and Anuim, who represents a voice for the nameless and forgotten. These roles pray into awareness the conflict of the intentions of our inner beings within the reality of our actions. This intersection of intention and fact finds expression in the hymns we will sing. Tellingly, the theme of justice is just as important and compelling a message today as it was in 1993. Nevertheless, God's divine narrative of doing justly, loving mercy, and walking humbly is uncompromisingly the expectation projected into the humanity of our daily lives. As we begin, would you join us in praying together the opening prayer found in the service leaflet? Creator God, because, because you, make you make all that draws forth our praise and the forms form in which to express it, we praise you. Because you make artists of us all, awakening courage to look again at what is taken for granted, grace to share these insights with others vision to reveal the future already in being, we praise you. Because you form your word among us and in your great work embrace all human experience, even death itself, inspiring our resurrection song, we praise you. Yours is the glory. Amen. To participate in a hymn festival on the theme of justice is potentially dangerous. In a world in which people assassinate each other, die of starvation, suffer under a pandemic, a world in which obscene wealth oppresses the poor and demagoguery continues to enslave people of all colour, a world in which emotional and physical abuse is tolerated and a world where the Judeo-Christian ethic appears tainted by hypocrisy. In this world we have come together to sing hymns, Maybe you have heard the words of the ancient prophet who spoke for God. I can't stand your religious meetings. I'm fed up with hymn festivals. I want nothing to do with your religion projects, your pretentious slogans and goals. I'm sick of your fundraising schemes, your public relations and image making. I've had all I can take of your noisy ego music. When was the last time you sang to me? Do you know what I want? I want justice, oceans of it. 
I want fairness, rivers of it. That's what I want. That's all I want. Lest those words become our sentence of judgment, let us humbly pray for discernment out of this question through the words of the hymn, Jesus Christ is Waiting. The indictments over our actions, or more accurately perhaps, the complicities we enter into due to denial and inaction, yearn for an opportunity for contrition. This text by John Bell invites us to do just that with a vibrant language which sets forth our role in the message of salvation. The first part of each verse sets down the reality of our world. And the last lines breathe love and mercy into a true and authentic desire to join Jesus' lead. The hopeful text results in a message that God will redeem us and the whole of creation.
biblical call to do justly, love mercy and walk humbly with your God is a prophetic summary of the Mosaic laws which the priest taught to God's people. When you make a sale of land to your immigrant neighbor or buy from your native neighbor, you shall not cheat one another. For the land is mine, says the Lord, whom you shall fear. When you reap the harvest from your fields and oceans, when you profit in real estate and resource industries, and gather your oil and barrels and tankers, you shall share with the poor, the alien, the orphan and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all your undertakings. Because such laws were often ignored by God's people in the Old Testament, the prophets were required to remind them of God's call for justice in forceful imagery. And given the temptation to be complacent with ill-gotten gains in our culture, often on the backs of people and the ecology, we need to hear that same call today. In the words of Albert Daly, and sung to Eric Routley's memorable tune, this 1949 hymn text, What Does the Lord Require?, still speaks exceedingly plainly to us today. Thank you. 
In struggling to find a voice which cries for justice, the anawim of the world, the poor and oppressed, the exploited and abused, the marginalized, and people with disabilities, must often look to and confront the power brokers of the world. Politicians, corporations, and the cultural elite of society must begin to take their responsibility for the situations they have caused without first being called out about it. It is not enough to respond to an accusation with an accusation. It is these persons of royal power and these institutions of rich privilege that must be especially willing to be agents of God's justice. Give our rulers your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the governments. May they judge your people with righteousness and your people with justice. May they defend the cause of the poor and, and invisible among us. Give deliverance to the needy refugee and victims of abuse. And crush the oppressors of the voiceless ones. Thus, we all shall call for a new paradigm in which the oppressed of the world, our community, and even our families can come to life following the theology of a new key. One went before us, Jesus, who called out and liberated. Behold the citizenship we hold with Christ, whose love is stronger than death. Someone like us who hears the cries of pain and protest and who teaches us to be truly human. The hymn, God of Freedom, God of Justice, names for us exactly how we can be open to each other's need.
Though it is reassuring for the righteous poor to know that God is on their side, that thought should be even more profoundly disturbing to all who commit and condone evil. In the meantime, however, the pain and suffering of the world continues unabated. Some persons experience suffering as the anger of God. Others experience their distress as the absence of God. These are times of intense desolation which create doubt in faith, a sense of having been abandoned. O Lord, why do you always forget us? Why do you forsake us so long? Restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may return to your pleasure. Renew our days as of old, unless you have utterly rejected us and are angry with us beyond measure. But most profoundly, it is God who suffers through the anguish of the world. God mourns with those who mourn and weeps with those who weep. What the believer sees in Christ's death on the cross is not only human blood from thorn and nail and sword, but the very tears of God shed over the wounds of the world. Therefore, we too identify with the misery of the world when we pray to the suffering servant with the inner intensity appropriate to meditation. Precious Lord, that remarkable hymn of the heart, takes over where the intellect leaves off, cradling our souls in a gentle melody and reassuring rhythm, which surrenders all that we cannot handle on our own to the one who desires relationship with us.
that some suffering is the punishment for or consequence of evil behavior by ourselves or others is a reality in our lives. But not all woe occurs in that manner. The slavery of the Israelites in Egypt was not a result of their sin, nor were the Nazi death camps a just reward for the Jews and others deemed undesirable. The most difficult anguish may well be that of the innocent. I am one who has seen affliction under the rod of God's wrath, for I am driven away into darkness of mind. In God's absence, I am besieged and surrounded with hardship, and I dwell in the silence of death. In my innocence, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall, and my soul is downcast within me. Such innocent suffering is found in Marnie Barrell's hymn, We Do Not Hope to Ease Our Minds. It is a brilliant poem for our time. Recall the events of Maundy Thursday into Good Friday from the perspective of Peter. He observes the drama of Jesus' arrest and trial from the outside as a bystander. The desire to be distanced from the terrible injustices underway just steps away, leading ultimately to denial. A safe place, maybe. Do we not also experience times where we are just a bystander? Had we not heard words to this effect during the Nuremberg trials, for example? Each verse of this next hymn urges us to take on solidarity with Christ in bringing goodness and consolation to this world by reliving an aspect of his life and passion. Together with the stirring tune, St. Patrick's Breastplate, the bold strides of the text find their encouraging mark on our spirit. Shifted way. 
such a longing for keeping ourselves comfortably distanced from injustice is very tempting, yet understandable. But this is a false comfort when suffering appears to prevail without end, and this misery unchecked takes on unbearable proportions. However, the God of the Bible did not only send Jesus to atone for sin and to usher in a kingdom of peace and joy, but also sent the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, to guide believers in the ways of righteousness. I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young women see visions. On all my servants, both women and men, I will pour out my Spirit, says the Lord God. It is the Spirit of God that moved upon the chaos of the world to bring forth creation, giving birth to all creatures, nursing them towards rebirth. Thus, it is our challenge to reap the harvest of the Spirit, to live in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Fear not, rejoice and be glad, for the Lord is doing a great work in the world. And what a wonderful image of this rebirth of the Spirit is this image of Jesus' birth. The noted theologian, musician, and poet Thomas Troger wrote, Our Savior's infant cries were heard. In this hymn, we are led through marvelous imageries which give expression to the innocence of our soul, and the beauty around us if we only allow our eyes to see. It further reinforces Jesus' teaching that to enter into an understanding of the kingdom, we must become childlike. Thank you. 
the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because God has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. I'm sent to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the refugees and release from darkness for those in prison. To announce the year of Jubilee has come to comfort the victims of abuse, to give the troubled of mind and body a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness to those who mourn, and the garment of praise to those in despair. Come, you are blessed by God. Take for your inheritance the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. For whenever you do this for one of the least of the members of my family, you do it to me. The vision of a city restored to Shalom has always given hope to the poor, the widow, the orphan, the refugee, and has inspired countless Christians to be more faithful in their servanthood. In our daily work towards justice in worship, word, and song, we believe in the river whose streams make glad the city of God. The dwelling of the Most High for God is in the midst of the city. God is our refuge and strength, our very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will, we will not fear that the earth should change, though societies should crumble and nations totter. Come, behold the works of God. Justice will be brought upon the earth. Wars shall cease to the ends of the earth, and all its inhabitants will bow their knee at the name of Jesus. Then all nations will gather in the city of Shalom, city of God, to bask in the presence of God forever, to live in perfect harmony with each other and the entire renewed cosmos. Grief and suffering shall be no more. As the Apostle John sees so clearly, come let everyone who is poor and needy say, come. Let every creature say, come Lord Jesus. Friendship that love.
us join together in the prayer of parting. God of majesty, whom saints and angels delight to worship in heaven, be with all your people who employ art and music for your praise, that with joy we on earth may glimpse your beauty and bring us to the fulfillment of that hope of perfection which will be ours as we stand before your unveiled glory. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our closing hymn is the rousing, Let Every Voice and Sing. This hymn, originally written for a birthday anniversary of Abraham Lincoln by the African-American brothers James W and J. Rosamond Johnson became the theme song of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, otherwise known by the letters NAACP. It was much used in the civil rights movement and today is recognized as the anthem of African Americans. Many others have adopted it as a rallying cry to justice and equality.
present moment, God who in Jesus stills the storm and soothes the frantic heart, bring hope and courage to all who wait or work in uncertainty. Bring hope that you will make them the equal of whatever lies ahead. Bring them courage to endure what cannot be avoided, for your will is health and wholeness. You are God and we need you. Amen. The love that raised Jesus from the dead be at work within you. Let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ, amen.
Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Christ's Church Cathedral, with audio editing by yours truly, Eduardo Farias. For more information, go to cathedralhamilton.ca. We hope you would join us again soon. Have a blessed day.